And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Monday through on the Athletic Podcast Network. We have a problem. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Everybody going to Vegas! Ready, set, Vegas. You're in or you're out. What's the thing about gambling? 11 days of basketball in the desert oh, oasis. Master cash to bat, check downstairs and give you a script. What happened here? Only happens here. Only happens I remember thinking, Jesus. Who wants to be my father? I'm Hello and welcome to Nerder. She wrote on the Athletic <laughs> NBA go. show. We are live at NBA Summer League at the Sports Business Classroom Studios, live in Las Vegas. I'm Dave DeFore. On my left, Mo DeKeel, Seth Part now. We are the Nerder Boys. What's up, guys? Oh, not a whole lot, man. This is going to be one of the few times that uh, when I've threatened to slap Seth, I can actually physically slap Seth. This is awesome. I didn't appreciate how you both stared at me when Dave paused on Nerder. That's no, I mean, well, you're the nerd. I mean, yeah. listen, this, if you're watching the video of this, you see that me and Mo, I mean, this looks like a fight podcast over here like we're we're, we're, we're going to talk about mike tyson and uh so you know we got to single out the nerd on the show but we actually are singling seth out for another reason on this show because of course it's summer league and that means it's time for seth to just piss off the world while they're all here while they're all here with his annual tears list which just causes the tears of many fans to flow seth and i know you love it so much it's, it's great <laughs> nice alliteration there with the, with the tears and tears that was not, pretty impressive not too bad for a guy operating without a script uh so seth your tears are out uh everyone's seen the list at this point and um i just gotta say what in the hell were you think jason tatum over jimmy butler alphabetization no you ranked alphabetical oh, oh. yeah a comes before i so these are rankings, though. No. Well, okay. Oh, well, here we give go. us an explainer as to what these actually are, because they are not player rankings. No. So player rankings are dumb um, <laughs> in general. Sorry. Sorry for everyone who does player rankings, but they're dumb, uh, in, especially in basketball, where it's what a guy does is so much about the situation he's in. So... You're good. You know, no, you're good. I'm just talking <laughs> you're just, to You're giving me hand signals like they're going to they're they're throw something at me. Well, again, oh. this is, this is, again, yeah, this is what happens when we're in the room together. Yeah. Now we can all just hit each other. This is so, going to be great. Like, please, they're going to throw, throw water balloons at me or something, and I, and I say something wrong. No, uh, please continue. No, so it, it, it's, you know, guys are in better or worse situations. And so within that, it's like there's no in a vacuum, we don't know who's better in a vacuum because they're not in a vacuum. They're all in the situation they're in. So what the tiers are trying to do is get guys who, okay, you might prefer one to the other, but you feel similarly about them both. Like maybe, okay, one guy's a big, one guy's a point guard. We already have a good big, so we prefer the point guard. It doesn't mean we think we, that he's better. It just means for us, it would, he would be better. So it's trying to smooth that out and really who is 
most helpful towards winning a championship. You know, what groups are. And it's, uh, you know, looking at it from the team side and from a fan side, really being, um, you know, hard-eyed about how good players are. I think there's, there's plenty of over-exuberance about, oh, this guy's a top 10 player, and if you do that, you end up with 25 top 10 players. And if you need a top five or 10 player to compete for a championship and you go to 25, that's a lot of people, a lot of people fooling themselves. Yeah. And uh, teams are not immune to fooling themselves. So it's, you know, being really, really strict and saying, okay, okay, this guy isn't actually on that guy's level, but these guys are about the same. And, and, and getting to a, 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 a situation where we feel comfortable about who are really the players who, okay, these are the guys, if you have them on your team, you're basically a title contender. Who's good enough if you have a perfect situation? Who has to be a second or third guy? And yeah. on down the line. Well, this is why I have seven guys in my top five. Now, I want to start with your, with your top tier here. And you only have four guys there. And they're obvious, right? And, and Mo, I don't think we can complain too much. Giannis. Oh, da, 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 okay. Da, 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 there you go. Don't ever say I can't complain. Well, okay, because I'll will, find something. There will, of course, something. be a little pushback. There, there will be plenty. Uh, They'll be actual physically pushing now that we're in the room together. Let's true. go. So your top four, and, and this is again, this is a tier. It's no particular order. It's Giannis. It's Kevin Durant. It's Nikola Jokic and Stephen Curry. Yeah. Um, uncontroversial. Actually, to be honest, I have gotten a lot of pushback from people. Like, this isn't just me coming up. Like, I, I float these around and get people's opinions and stuff like that because there are players I like and don't like. People might be aware of some of them. Uh, and I try to smooth that out a little bit. But there a lot of people were like, I'm not sure Kevin Durant is there. And I was very surprised by that. Um, now, partially, I think there was too much weight placed on sort of, oh, they got swept and he was... You know, he wasn't very good in that series. It's a closer series than most sweeps. And also, this isn't just, like, who was best yesterday. Like, we're less than a calendar year removed from Kevin Durant being, I think, pretty clearly the best player in the world, coming off, like, the season from hell. I'm kind of prepared to, okay, let's wait. Like, I think, I think he's still there. He has one more season to, to, you know, make sure he hasn't proven otherwise. Okay, so this is more of a general question, but yeah. we can aim it with Durant in mind because the injury concerns are, yeah. are kind of a thing, and it's yeah. not just Durant, right? Yeah. I mean, Kawhi no. Leonard just missed a whole season. Yep. Ben Simmons just missed a whole season. Yep. So is it fair to sort of weigh the injury concerns? I mean, he's only played 90 games in the last three yep. years. He had the Achilles injuries, 34. Like, how much does that stuff come into play when you're weighing, you know, these guys in, in their status? Uh, certainly some. Um, it's, you know, it's is it is a guy injury prone or has he happened to get hurt? And with Durant, it's tough because like he's had, he hasn't had like nagging things. He's had a couple of, but he's also, as you say, 34 and he's had a major injury. So maybe now he is. So at the same time, he was so damn good in I mean, the playoffs we're, last year. We're, we're talking about the injury last year. It's, it was Bruce Brown, right? Who fell into his, yeah. knee. Fell into his knee. Yeah. Right. Like that's a freakish incident. Yeah. That wasn't a, a, Okay, his knees just screwed. It's that's different. Like yeah. when you talk about Kawhi, it's like yo, know, these are lingering yes. things. Like that's a that's a difference in the equation. Yeah. I think of the two injuries. And, and so, but and so for Kawhi, like the fact that he's going to play even healthy, he's going to play sixty games a year. That actually kind of doesn't matter to me. Like it hurt. It, it's going to hurt his team a little bit because they might have slightly worse seating. But that's sort of a known thing. You plan for it. He's going to barring another injury, he's going to get to the playoffs, play thirty eight minutes a night. And if he plays the way he did prior to the knee injury, you know, last year, 
he's going to be right there. But coming off an ACL, you just kind of don't know. So if the availability concerns are, are intentional, right? If it's load yeah. management, not yeah. uh, picking up constant injuries, then there's no need to knock him. I, I, I think we all yeah, agree. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually fine with KD being up there. I think that's, that I'm okay with. My real question is, how do you screw over Joel Embiid like that, man? That's right. Joel Embiid, he's a 1B, not a 1A. How's he, on not, a one, how's he not a 1A? So I think the most direct comparison with Embiid is Jokic. And I think Jokic has a pretty impeccable playoff resume. And Embiid doesn't. I mean, it's that, you know, there, there's been... I, the Kawhi bouncing shot changes. No, it's not. It's not, no, it's not, bit, it's not right? just like, that. But just, just go beyond that. I mean, he hits the game winner against Toronto, which was a big time shot. Yeah. He got his team passed the first round. And by the way, I picked Toronto to win that series, so I was already betting against them. And then you have, but then, and then you look at it this way: is he has that freakish injury, you know, and 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 yeah, misses two games with against Miami and yeah that that completely screws their whole second round I just feel like in looking at those two I feel like they are in the same tier I feel like Joel Embiid and Jokic either should both be 1A or both or, or B. both be 1B I think they're at I think they are at the same I think that's a fair argument I think that again the point I would differentiate is like Jokic Jokic's teams have one series they weren't supposed to and Embiid's teams have lost series they weren't supposed to. And it's not just this year. I think, I, I, I like, I like, lingering is the series against Atlanta last right. year. And, like, it, like to, to a large degree, that wasn't his fault. But, again, I think a Tier 1A player with a with a talent advantage that, it, that, that Philadelphia had over Atlanta probably pulls that series out. So, uh, but, so how long does these – how long does this stuff – Go hold hold against you because then like you know he overcomes it yeah. the next year with Toronto. I mean again like we haven't seen a, a Joel Embiid hit other heights. He had continued to have an MVP season last year with by the way a pretty crappy roster for the most part until yeah. uh, no he, Ben Simmons. I mean no right? Ben Simmons like, the whole way yeah. through. Like they had a lot of stuff going on in yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Like I feel like it's not. I feel like we are holding a lot of stuff on Joel Embiid that's not particularly fair. So how long does he have to pay for the sins of losing the Atlanta series? I mean, I, it's, a two, it's a two, three, four-year window, basically, that, that we're looking at, essentially. You know, after that, we take it into account, but it's like I'm really, like, focusing on the last couple of years. Yeah. Like, that's who the guy is. And you're saying I'm picking nits. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's the point. Yeah, <laughs> that, is the, that is exactly the point, is, like, that I think that, like, is it a big distinction I'm making between the two? No. Is there a distinction to be made there? Yes, I think there is. Okay. Now you can disagree, and you're free to. Yeah, I'm gonna push you right yeah. now. Like, the, but that's the point. Is is I think this is the, these are the kinds of discussions that you have to really have to be really, really like strict about who goes where, and we'll come to different con conclusions. And that's fine. Yeah, that's fair. Right. Let me ask you just about the top four real sure. quick. Um, is there anything that those guys could have done to make themselves in a tier alone? I mean, S Steph Curry is. Steph Curry, yeah. and I guess if he's not a, on a tier by himself, or at least a tier with just him and Giannis, um, it seems impossible to get out of that out of that foursome. Yeah, um, like maybe, like maybe if Giannis, like if Middleton, like was out for, like if if Milwaukee advanced past the second round, Middleton misses the conference finals, Giannis is spectacular again, gets them to the finals, and they repeat. Then maybe we're, we're just because of, of like 
you know, the differentiation there would be kind of the two-way play, like Giannis being, you know, defensive player of the year level and also driving an offense. But at the same time, like, Steph was so good. Like, he, you know, the first couple games back in the first round still, he might be hurt a little. And then, you know, you know when we when we picked Denver to beat them, you and I, it was we were worried. The, 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 you did not yeah. need so, to remind the, them no, about we, that. You for the record, yeah. you didn't need they to say that Denver at to beat all. The yeah. You not did me. not say that. No, but we were like, but we were, but we both we both <sighs> reserved the right to when Steph comes back if he looks right. That's we true. Reserved the right, and he did. Yeah. And but you know that his uh, was a game four of the finals. Like that is, you know that is that is an NBA moment. Like yeah. that's up there with game six, like Giannis last Giannis, year, yeah. game six. Like those are the kinds of things we're talking about. Like Durant had that that most of that Milwaukee series last year. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, so Luka Doncic is uh, is a one B. Only him and Joel Embiid in the one B category. Feels, I mean, if you think about how short his career is so far, uh, feels pretty high. But also, we just watched him in the playoffs. I mean. Playoff Doncic is a 1A guy, right? Well, that, that actually brings me to this question, actually. How much are you waiting yeah. playoffs over regular season play? Go. I mean, we're talking about winning a championship, right? That, hey, man, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help the yeah, audience. So did his playoff run pull him to well, 1B? He was tier yeah, two last year, so yes, yeah. it did. There's still, I mean, with Luka, like the, the questions of, of can he... From a conditioning standpoint, does he wear down late in games, late in series? I think that's still at least an open question. And the defense. I mean, and, you know, Phoenix went at him. Sure. And then, you know, Phoenix fell apart. Um, but I, there, there still is, there are questions about his defense. Like, you know, uh, there have been questions asked about Steph's defense. But I think that he is, is able to be a playmaker and compete on defense is like I think there is a, a categorical difference between like Steph and Luca that in addition to his off him being better offensively he's I think he's also a little better defensively. Yeah. All right, so the, let's go to the next tier um and, and Kawhi Leonard is 1C and I'm assuming he's a 1A if if he been playing, right? Yeah. Like this he he and LeBron are are that's the 1C 1C over the times I've done this tier 1C has kind of been the I'm not sure what to make. This is a great player, and I'm not sure where he is right not now. Not ready to call it on him yet. Yeah. And, and like, you know, like, if I had to guess, I would guess that Kawhi moves up next year, and LeBron might be going the other way. Because, mm. uh, again, we talked earlier about the injuries. Like, LeBron has missed, he, he, he missed 10 games or more, like, once in his first... I want to say 15 years in the league, and then since he's been with the Lakers, he's missed an average of 21 games a year. Uh, we've seen, you know, there's been times where his defense has been in the regular season. It doesn't really feel anymore like it's a switch. It feels like if he's going to do this much on offense, he can't play defense. Right. And and that's where you need Anthony Davis, yeah. who is 2B. Yeah, which, which, is, a, which is down. He actually right. dropped a little for me. Um, and that's like... I think we've seen two years now to know that the offensive game AD had in the bubble is not real. Can you compare what he did in the bubble to any other like guy um, with like a half season run? I mean, because he shot like Kevin Durant. Yeah. And he's never done it since. And he obviously had never done it before. I mean, 
This is like Brady Anderson hitting 50 home runs, right? I mean, we, we don't talk baseball, yeah. Dave. What are you? What sorry, are you sorry for the, mo- yeah. the cross. And I only knew it was home runs because baseball because you said home runs. I have no idea who the hell but you're talking we've, about. We've certainly seen instances where like a, like a role player wing gets hot sure. from three. You know, it's it's if the, the one game the one game equivalent would be. Uh, this, and, uh, sorry about this. Uh, oh no, uh, Josh Smith. Josh and, Smith. Uh, yeah, and, and <laughs> actually, no, that was fine. No, I wasn't you with were, the you team. Were there, you were there. I was, okay. That was the yeah, year I was okay. gone. Actually, I needed that. Okay. Because oh, I was already true. out. It would okay. hurt more if they did it the year after okay. I was gone. Yeah, the ghost of Mo Dequeal. Yeah, exactly. Was the I was the one making the shots. If you want, he was the sixth man. If you want the funny story, was I was actually playing in a rec league basketball game. Saw the score at halftime and was like, damn, Clippers are going to move to the conference finals. Okay. Then driving home, I get text messages going, the Clippers are blowing this. Are you, like, are you watching this? And I'm like, no. And then immediately started driving faster <laughs> to run to the TV to see this uh, epic collapse. But there's just a little side note there. Um, so the, the rest of 2B, a couple of guys, I mean, three guys that have changed. Um, you've got Ja Morant and Trey Young, who both moved up, which mm-hmm. Ja Morant, that's a little bit surprising. I mean, that's a, that's a jump for him. You know, on your tiers. And then you got James Harden, who's dropped. I want to start with Harden. He just took a $15 million a year pay cut. Um, they brought the gang back together. They got Daniel House. They got P.J. Tucker. One last job. Three years for P.J. Tucker, which is, you know, hey, good for P.J. Um, what are you expecting from Harden? And, and like, do you think he's going to go lower? If you were to do a midseason tier next year, is he lower than this? It's going one way or the other. Like, either he's, you know, like, the only way he kind of stays there is if he changes his game and becomes a much more willing kind of off-ball, complementary offensive guy. Um, I think, as I said in my write-up, like, too much when he got to Philly last year, they looked like a James Harden team, not a Joel Embiid team. And their best player is Joel Embiid, and, and I don't think it's particularly close at this point. And that, that can't happen for them if they want to be where they want to be next year. It's got to be a Joel Embiid team, and James Harden has to figure out a way to be effective. Like, he's still going to have plenty of time to ISO and stuff like that, but he's got to be a better catch-and-shoot player. He's got to be better at driving. He's got to be better at playing second side when Tyrese Maxey makes a play. So, like, he's a player who's, who stepped up. Well, you know, when the trade happened, Mo, you were on top of this with their offense. And, and we talked about it on the show. And, and, and Mo was right and I was wrong. Well, listen, we, the relocation. Just, we're done. Just, just play that clip over and over again for the next 40 minutes, and we're good. That's the show. What that offense misses is relocation shooting. And, and especially with a guy like James Harden, Mo, who, I mean, he's going to attract the defense anyway when he's on ball. And, and Joel Embiid drawing the double. I mean, it just seems like Harden's job gets easier. I mean, there were opportunities. Like, if you go back and watch that first game against Minnesota, there was actually a play where it wasn't even Embiid. It was Tobias Harris driving baseline, and Harden drifted to the corner. I don't lie when I say I don't think I've seen that at all from him ever, maybe in Oklahoma City. But that was so long ago. But that's the type of stuff we're talking about yeah. where he needs to move and be more active off ball. It can't be the James Harden of, cool, I pass, and I'm just going to chill here now. Like, that's the, that's where he's going to end up if he's going to drop in the tiers and the rankings, if that's the case. From the reports we've been hearing, though, it sounds like he's really kind of taking conditioning seriously now and, and moving forward. But now we're getting into another one of my beefs with Seth. Here. Yes, please. You have Devin Booker as a 2C player. I, I, so. No, the, 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 how do you have Ja Morant higher than him? I, I, in, in the write-ups, I admit that I may be overly penalizing both Chris Paul and Devin Booker 
for that collapse. For playing together? No, for that, oh, for for that collapse. Okay. For that collapse. Like if, you, if you remember at mid the mid-season version of the tiers, I had CP3, 2A, Booker, and 2B. Right. And that was just such a mystifying, like... So I, am I possibly being too harsh there? Yes. But I'm, like, I'm just, I'm basically in my mind re-examining everything I thought about that Phoenix team. With, with, with that, I mean, yeah. I understand that, but I think ultimately, you know, I, I think you're penalizing him he, too he harsh. He was also something like nine of, I want to say nine of like 32 in the last two games. Of that was, 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 he was bad, there's yeah. no question, but we everybody has bad series yeah. and stuff like that. You know, you also go look at what he was doing last year in the playoffs and the finals. Yeah. Like, if you're, if carrying your team to the finals last yeah. season should, should, should be able to buy yeah. you a bad playoff series you know, at some point. That, that's fair. Although the, the difference between carrying your team to the finals and carrying your team then crapping out in the second round against the team you have talent. Yeah, but I think you know I think you can put more of that yeah. on Chris Paul. Perhaps. Than 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 Booker. And even though Booker didn't shoot it well, he was still hustling defensively and stuff. I mean Chris was I mean the Chris was, situation was weird too. Yeah. I, I just think there was more. I mean, and I, I, I get it. Like no, you're, no, I, I but, think I'm with Mo but, there. But I mean, like Chris was so uncharacteristically bad. Yeah. Like I understand him dropping from two A to two C. Yeah. In in that regard, but I don't think it's fair to have. I think this is over penalizing Booker. In that but, instance, I think that's my. Uh, that's, I, that's one more of my sure. uh, beefs so to do. I think that, and I th but I th do think the difference uh, between. Like if I, I uh, Morant was the one you were, but I think yeah. Morant and Trey Young both. I think the 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 they're both of them being better playmakers, and especially with with respect to Booker, uh, Morant putting much more rim pressure. I think that's the fine distinction that makes. But, but, but wait, but, I got a question. Does Jaw's defense not pull him back down to earth compared to Booker? Because I I mean Booker's. A, Pretty good defender. I mean, he's not. He's good. He's, like, he's not yeah. good, but he's fine. He's, he's a, become an acceptable defender. Let, let me put it this way: but he's, better, he's better than Morant and Young, and Trey Young, and James Harden yeah, defensively. Yeah, so it's, it's it's when you when you look at it to me in that sense, like that's that's a and big difference. But, I, but, I, but I do think I do think that Morant does more to drive a team's offense to to a high level than Booker does. I think Booker might be a better bucket getter for himself. But I think Morant, like if you put if you put Booker with you know Desmond Bain and and, and whoever else is going to be on the wing and like you know Dylan Brooks or whatever, I think that those guys aren't gonna are not gonna have as much to eat as they do with 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 Ja. And I think I, that's fair, but I don't think Phoenix goes as far if they have Ja instead of Booker. And, I agree. Yeah. I agree with that because no, of the is, makeup of the this team. Is, and, you sure. know, this is, and this is why they're like a sub-tier difference, not a full tier. Like it's, yeah. a, you know, it's a yeah, slight. But Seth, there's a, a difference, slight, so I have to argue yeah. with you now. No, like and, that's, and, it's, and it's me having a slight preference for John, not like the difference between someone there and you go down further to like a Donovan Mitchell or something like that, where I think it's a pretty clear distinction. You won't get any arguments right. from me on Mitchell right. on that. Let's go. Let's keep moving. Uh, two C. The top of two C is a couple of old guards. We just talked about. A, three young guards, but Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, uh, Chris Paul, we just talked about the huge collapse. I mean, he's older, right? Yeah. And, and honestly, he's defied our expectations the last couple of years um, and, and it ran out of gas this year, it seems. Uh, and and, it, and it, the, the concerning part for me was I actually thought the thumb injury was going to come in handy. And it didn't. And it didn't. Right. It was that, that, that nice break be in the playoffs. For, you know, it, but I wonder if it's not running out of gas, though. What if it's just the legs aren't there? Yeah. Small guard legs aren't there. Yeah, he's old. Yeah, yeah. 
So it's, I mean, it's, it's at that point now. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's, no, and I think a lot of 2C is that. I mean, it's those two, and it's also Paul George. Paul George. Yeah. 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 Um, but Damian Lillard, okay. Uh, injury issue last year. Um, convenient season off, you know. Uh, are, is this uh, he's the start some, of his decline? He, he's at, he, I would say he's at risk this coming year. He just signed like, an extension. Port, Portland has, uh, yeah. But we, that's a whole other yeah. show. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's actually a good point because the, the tiers are intended to be agnostic of contract. Because we do do a thing where if a player gets paid too much, we think less of them as a hundred percent, you know, and, and all of a sudden, oh, he's a brilliant player. Like, um, you know, the, the example I used in, in, in my book of this was Brooke Lopez, who, you know, he was available for us to sign very cheaply at, when I was with the Bucks because he was getting paid too much, you know, uh, for, for his offensive game. But he was still a good player, but because, oh, his contract is so terrible, everyone thought he's not good anymore. Was well, Chris Paul. I mean, Chris Paul was older, but he was, he's a good player. I mean, and, no, uh, the better example is that's Rudy Gobert. He gets also paid. 2C. He, he gets I, I don't think, as of right now, like the, the out years might be bad, but as of right now, I think Gobert, like for the next two seasons, I think Gobert's contract is fine. I don't. Well, that's a lot of money. <laughs> uh, it's I'm, a lot of money, but not in Minnesota. Even, okay, right. even in non-garbage time, Utah, with their second best defensive player being... No, no, I get all that. I get all defense, and they were like nine points per hundred better with Rudy on the floor. I get all that. Yeah. Okay, but when you watched it in the playoff series against Dallas, they hunted him over and over again. You were hitting Luka because he was getting hunted by Phoenix. Luka, so, Luka, okay. Jalen Brunson, they hunted him. I have videos, no, Seth, like I, I mean, can show you it. I mean, it's, no, it's, they hunted Donovan Mitchell. No, but what I'm saying is they yeah. got, but they put Mitchell and yeah. Gobert in yeah. the, knowing they're going to switch and that they're so going to be able to go at, hold on, yeah. they're going to be able to go at Gobert. Yeah. There are clips of Jalen Brunson busting Gobert's ass. It's not a matter of like, this is this is what we're talking about. If you're paying this dude $47 million, that's not who's supposed to beat you. Like Brunson, in that matchup, Gobert's got to be able to hold up against Brunson in those instances, and he didn't. But what what were the shots that Brunson was hitting though? I mean, if we're you know if you're getting turnaround twelve footers that a guy's like contested turnaround twelve footers, at a certain point you're like, okay, if that's the shot that's going to beat us, great. No, he was getting to the rim on him on some of them. It wasn't just all just turnaround jumpers and stuff like that. He was getting into the basket on him. He was getting driving kicks and things like that. There was a lot of stuff that went to it. It wasn't just the the, the one or two fadeaways that he hit at the free throw line. It was more than that. They won us. They won in Utah because of it. But big the bigger picture though is you compare like we have this thing about we bang on drop defense. We focus completely on the center and not enough on the like part of the, the Bucks. The Bucks are played well in drop defense. Brooke Lopez is great at it. But you got you got Drew Holiday no, chasing over, and that's a that like that's a like it's a. I think we've been pretty yeah. good about yeah. it with all three yeah. of us talking about how bad yeah. the perimeter defense of the, yeah. the Jazz was. I mean, I'm still astonished at how terrible Donovan Mitchell was defensively, and you know he should be ashamed of himself. It was terrible. It was the effort was terrible yeah. from Mitchell and all of that stuff. And I understand that, and I don't hold all of that against Gobert. Yeah. But when it was a one-on-one matchup. Mitchell's defense didn't play a role in that. They were playing, let's play switch. And they got burned. Uh, it played into it because they had to switch. Because, But no, I, I, I take your point. It's a, it's a, it is a fair argument, and I think we'll, to some point, we'll see, although he's probably the 
point of attack defender in Minnesota. Might also have some when we get yeah. to training camp, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, let's let's move on down the list a little bit. Um, I'm down in 3A. Jalen Brown, 3A. A lot of people had the debate with themselves, I think, that Jalen Brown was better than Jason Tatum during this playoff run. Number one, how, do you guys feel like Jalen Brown was at least neck and neck with Tatum during the playoffs? I think he had a better final series. I think Jason Tatum was better. Well, he was the best <laughs> defender in the playoffs for a, a good stretch of it, right? Like, Jason Tatum was, I, I thought, special defensively in the playoffs. Yeah. But and I think Jalen picked up yeah. the offense. Yeah. I think that, like, just it was, it was as much a style thing. Like, we talked earlier about, like, Harden's, like, distaste for, like, relocation threes. And that's, that's actually usually a point of distinction between Tatum and Harden is Tatum is good at that. It was very willing to do that. And he kind of, he was, his, whatever was going on with him in the finals, like his decision-making on like how to play off the catch was weird, and he wasn't doing that. Whereas, whereas, whereas Brown's kind of straight-ahead style was more effective, even if like his dribble got picked a few times, because- A few times. He's got no left hand. A few yeah. times. Gary Payton made yeah. money off of that <laughs> alone, lots, just off lots, of all the, the, lots, the strips yeah. he had off of him. Yeah, I think, I think 3A is about right. This is one of those I'm not going to, yeah. you know, argue too much on it. I think as good as Brown was in the finals and stuff, this is about right. Like, he's not a guy I'm going to look at going, listen, two and above is a guy say, like, okay, you can carry a team. I don't look at Jalen Brown as a guy that can carry a team as a number one option for an entire season. Another guy in Tier 3, 3B, Draymond Green. I, I think that this is an interesting case because – Draymond Green is a Hall of Famer, and he there's a hardest guy, hardest guy to, to figure out where to right be. because he is obviously one of the two or three best defensive players in the league, and probably the best playoff defensive player, I, uh, 100%, yeah. maybe ever, maybe ever. I mean, he's in the conversation. I mean, it, certainly of it, it, that's a hard because the, like each era is so different, is so different. Yeah. But in certainly of this era, yeah. the style of basketball. It's hard to argue against that. Yeah, like so, maybe like Miami LeBron is like is like the, the maybe the only counter argument we can talk about. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you because I, like I think I understand why he's difficult because of the glaring problems that he has, like the shooting. Yeah. He's not guarded on offense. I mean, we talked about this. How much he was gumming up their offense. They had to bench him, which is just incredible to, to think about that they had to bench him to fix some issues that they but had. But then there's but also times where on the offensive end, he serves to unlock Steph. Like, right. Steph, like Steph doesn't need the help, but he, but it, it's, you know, it levels of brightness of a star. And it can go up a level when, when they kind of get on like that, that, you know, mind meld of like the, like the two man game or like the, the split action with those two and Clay Thompson, like his, his ability. And I thought that was a big, after he got benched, he kind of is like, okay, I'm not going to go to the basket where they're just waiting for me to throw it off the backboard. I'm going to dribble straight at Steph's guy right. as hard as I can, and it's going to be impossible for them. And, you know, a couple times he even turned the corner and dunked when, like, Boston tried to double it and stuff like that. Is it insulting to call him, you know, like a super role player? I mean, because he's not like a, you can't say he's a star because he can't lead your team, like you said, the right. top two tiers. But it, it's maybe he's the highest end role player possible. He's probably right at that cusp, but I would say because of what he can do defensively, you got to put him as a star. I just don't think there's a way to, there is no player in the NBA right now, and I did a one more thing on it from game six, that can diagnose and prescribe a solution in a matter of 
a, a, a split second than Draymond Green. He knows where you're going. He's in the rotation at the right spot. He's pushing other people in the rotation. He's calling out the rotations way in advance. I think that's almost like a superhuman type skill, like a superhero thing. If that was his superhero power, if it was a Marvel movie, I think that actually kind of makes him a star. If it, because it's so good on top of what he can provide offensively, he's, he, I think a role player, even a, a high-level role player, might be too much. I think I would just go with a low-level star. So there's, there's I think in, in the top three tiers, there's three guys who are probably like not offensive stars who make them. And it's Gobert, it's Draymond Green, it's Bam Adebayo. And so that's like the level of sort of like still pretty good offensively uh, and all and sort of elite defensively that that you need to get like, you know, usually for like strictly role players, I found that kind of tier four is kind of a hard line. Yeah. Like, you know, Mikhail Bridges or Andrew Wiggins or the other like kind of elite role players in the league like, I think we've seen Wiggins try to be a star, and it's not good. Right. We've seen him be a role player, and it can be spectacular. And I think that, that's a perfect illustration of that, that cutoff. But now it's time to discuss my beef here with the 3B section. Okay. And uh, uh, I, hope this, uh, I hope Andrew Schleck's not listening at this moment. Oh, but, uh, oh no. Are we sure Shea deserves to be 3B? No. I mean, when you look at it... Okay, thank you. So, so, so just beat me straight yeah. to it without letting me make the case. Yeah. Um, and I'm watching my back. Like, Andrew might be... There yeah, he is. There, there he is. is. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, um, uh, just hasn't played enough over the past few years. And, and, and we know the stuff going on with, with OKC and all that stuff. And, and, hey, guys, I love you, but not really. We took your football coach. Um, but, you know, Jamal Murray even though injured on a winning team even the year before. Pascal Siakam on a winning team. Draymond Green, winning team. Zach Levine is, yeah, uh, he's winning team. Like, these are guys like that. And then you have Shea there. I, I just don't think he's earned 3C stat, or 3B status at this point. I, I mean, that, that, that's, that's a fair critique. I will say that he was a, I mean, he was a very good player. Oh, I love on, him. On, on, like, two years ago when they, when they had that, you know, that, that unexpected run with... And he played CP. 35 games. He had the ankle injury. Is that what you're thinking about? Or, or you're talking about the year before? Year before. Year, year before. When, when, okay, when, I have when, it up somewhere yeah. here. The sure. last couple of years, he's... Yeah. Yeah. Time's been a whole different thing. Yeah. The past two seasons, 35 yeah. and 56. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking the, the, the one year before, before 70. Yeah, when like the year they the year they were actually trying to win games, and they had Chris Paul and Shea, and but that's the key, right? Yeah. Like having Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder in that instance yeah. also makes no, it a little so bit easier. I think, for them. I think what I agree with you though, and I think we've talked about this before when we've talked about Oklahoma City, is like he's yeah he's tier three because. He, like you say, the, the, like David was saying, the ones and the tier one and two guys, you build your team around that. I, I, I don't think any of us think that as much as we like him as a player, I don't think any of us think he's that. Yeah, Do you I know th- what? Do you know who is, though? Who? Anthony Edwards. 3C. What is Anthony? Ed- how is he going to get? Not yet. How is he going to get to the top two tiers? Uh, if more, he's not more, more efficiency, more consistency, better defense. Okay, but how fewer like uh, be a better basketball player? Is everything no, no, that no, just no, literally? He's like, oh, <laughs> you know, just be better at dribbling and Ooh. shooting. And no, oh, I'll get it. You, you yeah. talk. I'll get yeah. it. Yeah. 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 No, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I don't need it. You talk. You talk. Uh, yeah. Um, no, it's <laughs> um, 
just it's little improvements like you know better shot selection uh, more consistent defense better time and score uh, getting to the free throw line more i think he's he's a he's a player who has a little bit of that derrick rose thing where he's so athletic that he sometimes tries to contort around contact and make a spectacular layup instead of he just trusts his body just yeah just overwhelm guys get 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 himself some easy points at the line more well, that's where, you know, like, he should be watching Paul George tape because I think Paul George is one of the best guys in the league and actually creating separation when he's going to the basket. And using his elevation to go chest-to-chest -chest power through a guy. Right, exactly. Yeah, and I, th and I think that, you know, it's so it's not... I don't think it's impossible. He's a second-year guy. That's, who, yeah, that was like, my thing. It's a second-year guy. Like, yeah. we still got a while to go. Like, it's yeah. his development process. He's like, just going to get better, and, I hope. you know, in the playoffs, there were good things and there were bad things. And, you know, the... I mean, I think, like, as with much of Minnesota's team, like, the goods were very good and the bads were very bad. Oh, so, whoa, were they bad. Yeah. Oh, my. I and I think, and I think, I, I think, frankly, I dinged Cat uh, more for that than I did Edwards. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f***ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, is there anyone in the bottom tiers? We're getting to the role player tiers, and, and uh, don't worry, we're going to talk about R.J. Barrett. Um, because Seth's favorite player. I, I mean, is there anyone that stood out to you in, in the bottom tiers that you I, felt like you disagreed? I feel like Brandon Ingram could be a 3C guy. Over uh, C.J. McCollum's being 3C and Brandon Ingram being 4A. I, would rather, I probably would have flipped those two. I think Ingram's kind of 
grown into that role of being the man for them in a way that I don't think CJ's ever going to be. So that was the thing, is when he got there, like, he immediately stepped into a larger role and did it with, like, very good efficiency, whereas Ingram has actually never been that efficient of a player. And also the fact that he's never been able to play effectively alongside Zion. Like, that's... I think, I think putting... I don't think there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to figure out how to play effectively with Zion for a while. I think, I think that's something New Orleans is going to have to deal yeah. with, is I mean, figuring I, out... Because Zion's a freak yeah. in a good way. But it's like, now, now you got to figure out how to play with the freak. Yeah. I mean, I th but I think it's, it's you know, it, again, another guy who probably who isn't good enough on ball to be the top guy on ball and isn't either good enough or willing enough off ball to be as complimentary as some of like the like the, the like the you know the Chris Middleton kind of guy who who does who, and I think that might be like I have Middleton is 3A not 3C but I think that's sort of the 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 gap in style between Middleton and Ingram I think is illustrative I just think and if I can finish one more time on it, like CJ McCollum is is one of the elite like much like Middleton one of the elite mid-range tough shot makers in the league Ingram is not. No, if that's if, that is a like that, that that's a star shot, and McCollum is so much better at that. But it didn't show up in the playoffs. Like of all the guys in the playoffs for New Orleans who showed up, it wasn't CJ, and that's and that's something that like hey, we're going to wait the playoffs more than that. Yeah. Ingram was there, and, and 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 played well. Not not well enough, obviously, to win the series yeah. and things, but. Better than CJ in that area, and 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 that's the moment I, where you. I feel like you need I, to have more. I think I, I think there he had good games. I think if you look overall at the series, he was up and down. Fine, it, yeah. It, yeah. But to be a, but to be yeah. the man or, or the yeah. way that he needs to be more than just fine. Yeah. Right, and that's if if that's what we're going to hold him to, that's if if we looked at uh, uh, um, Chris Paul is just fine. We would be dropping him into the C level, yeah. right? Like that's yeah. kind of the the, yeah. the distinction. I think we're giving CJ a little bit of a pass. Here. I, I, yeah, that, mm, CJ is a player that I've struggled with over the years. I think no. I, I think there might be like I think I probably have been too harsh on him in previous years because I thought he was maybe a product of just sort of the ultimate freedom that yeah. guards were getting in Portland's offense and the fact that he got to New Orleans and it's like, no, actually I'm pretty damn good. So maybe I'm like I'm, I'm sort of uh, some 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 banked equity he had with me that is making the distinction there. But I think I would be more likely, I would more likely be to push CJ down than push Brent, than push Ingram up. Um, I guess as we wrap up, um, I want to talk about RJ Barrett because he's was, on the list. It, I don't know what do you want from me. He's on the list. He's 5A. <laughs> what do you want from Seth, me? He's 5A. Yeah. Okay. What does what RJ Barrett have to do to move up? Because I, I really, and I, I'm not I'm not going to split hairs over this. I don't think RJ is necessarily better than anybody else in 5A tier. But I do think he showed a lot of improvement, especially as a playmaker. I mean, his passing, which he's got good court vision. I think his passing starting to come together in this last season. Defense pretty good. Stepped up, was the guy for them often. So what do you need? Do you just, is it efficiency? It's, yeah. So, yes. It's only efficiency. No, I mean, it, it, it's a, it, it, so it's efficiency. And that's, he doesn't, he's as, as of right now, does not have a mid-range game. He does not finish well at the rim. He doesn't get to the line enough. 
So you throw those things. It, it's very hard to be an efficient offensive player if you don't do any of those things. And play and, alongside Julius Randle. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, it's not an ideal situation, but a player like his best stretch last season was he had a stretch where he was getting to the line 8, 10, 12, 14 yeah. times a night. And if, he's, if he goes, if he in next season get, is, is, gets to the line 8 or 10 times a night, he's going to have the kind of season that, that would probably have me pushing him up. But that, that's an improvement that's got to come. And also part of that is he's got to be a better advantage creator. You mentioned, you mentioned his, his passing ability, and it is there. He just, he's not very good at getting by people to get to the situation where that passing ability can come into play. And I, I, to, to kind of follow up that point, I think a lot of the passing where he showed some, like, oh, wow, that's a crazy pass, was because he couldn't get around guys or, or finish through them. But I, I'm curious what you expect out of him this next season because it's, it's obvious, like, the, the playmaker role, like, that's what they want, right? If he can fulfill that role, to, let's say, a little bit better, they make the playoffs, like, is this, is this what you want to, like, I mean, if, I mean, if, if 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 they if they make if they make the playoffs directly, I'm just very wrong about the Knicks. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> if they sneak in like as the ninth seed through the play-in, it's like oh, good for them. Yeah, as we do on the show, pat them pat on, them the, on head. the head, yeah. right? The pat the That's head. Right. Yeah. That's right. Um, so I, you know, it's a, this is going to be a, like this is. The Brunson signing is not actually good for him, I don't think. No, not at all. I think when you're talking about playmaking, Dave, I think that's that's Brunson's job now. That's not going to be his job. It's not going to be an opportunity that's going to be plentiful for him with that. I think, you know, the primary ball handler is going to be Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. He's going to be a, 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 a he's going to be put in a situation that he may not be able to succeed in. And that's like, you know, he's not going to be able to be in. The, he might not even make the tiers next year. And it's not going to be a product of him. It's just going to be a product of the situation he's in that he's not going to be set up to succeed. There, maybe if he, if he gets more opportunities to like attack closeouts. I mean, it, I mean, but like again, if he can get into a straight line, not have to crack a set defender and get a straight line drive, and then use his physicality to do stuff. But it's hard, you yeah. know. When you look at it this way, they have. It's funny. They have four lefties. They're all driving in the same direction, yeah. you know. And you're, it means you're driving right back into traffic. Julius Randle doesn't stretch the floor enough, you know. It's yeah. you're 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 in a difficult position if you're you're him trying to be the the second side attack. And really, it's it's the third option. It's a challenge. He's not. I don't know how, how he how he manages that. It's, it's a it's tough usually, situation. Like to be. usually, being a lefty is a little bit of an advantage because you can attack from different spots on the floor and get middle. And with everyone wanting to do that, it's, they're all it's attacking gone. the yeah. same spots. Yeah. It's like yeah, it's it's the advantage for the team. The yeah. Knicks is have one righty yeah. now. Like have it's, him. It, it's like it's like the lefty power hitter, and then oh, the lefty reliever came in. <laughs> right. Like the, like the Knicks are going to be play, facing that guy as a starter now. Th there's been too many baseball oh, references today. I'm uh, I'm I'm that, I'm that was a loogie I'm, reference. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm upset. Now. I will say this. Uh, I just look forward uh, to the Knicks maybe trying to run a play or two. That, like if they ran one or two plays this season a game for R.J. Barrett, I think he'd be okay. But they don't run a lot of set plays. I mean, Tibbs got an offensive coordinator well, this season? That's what we're waiting on. It's, that's a purpose. Uh, well, I mean, it's a, it is a play to run one pick and roll and back the ball out to half court in ISO. That is a play. It is not a good play. It's the only play. play they have. Yeah. Uh, maybe run some triangle or something like that. Uh, seems like a good place to stop. We're, we're running out of stuff to talk about. Uh, go and check out Seth's tiers over at The Athletic. Subscribe to The Athletic. Support the show. Go to theathletic.com slash NBA show. Subscribe. Tell them that you love Nerder, especially the live edition. Maybe we can do this more often. 
We're still in the same room, though. I, I, no, no, no. He was nervous. Zoom he was nervous time. many times yeah. that I was going to come in with a slap. We're yeah. throwing him on Zoom next time. Uh, for Seth part now, for Moda Kill, I'm Dave DeFore. This has been Nerder, she wrote, on the Athletic NBA Show. Start her up, champ. Yeah. Uh, let her rip. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.